Hi. How are you? I'm good. How about you? I'm good. Before we get into it, I just want to say, because you were one of the first people to comment on my podcast ever. And you had, I, I wanted to read the actual comment here. You had commented on the first episode of What Happened to You. You said, thank you for talking about this issue publicly. I wish I could be as brave as you to share my story like this. And here you are <laughs> doing doing just that exactly a year later. So I'm really happy that you are willing to do this. And um, for those of you listening and, and watching, Lizzie and I went to high school together, <laughs> which is super wild. You're the first person to, that I've had on the podcast who has known me since, you know, way back then. I know it's funny because my mom knows your mom. And she my said mom that, said that she knew your mom. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. And I guess we like played together when we were toddlers. Did we really? <laughs> yeah. I was wow. like, oh, yeah. So it's like too bad that you're never really <laughs> talking until now. It's like crazy. And now I'm going to tell you about <laughs> what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny. How have you been since high school? <laughs> well, I mean, to be honest, because I didn't know what was happening to me and like only a few years ago my parents were like you were molested so I've been dealing with this in high school like you know since then like high school was probably the toughest because you know I was older and so you know learning about you know <laughs> sexual health in class and talking to my parents and then you know learning more about like you know abuse and stuff and I was like wait a second I think something happened I feel like sharing my story might give you know my abuser less power like instead of having this secrecy of like only talking about it with friends and family if they ask about it you know <laughs> absolutely there's a huge amount of power that is taken away from from all victims, it feels like. And you really aren't even aware of it until you get it back. And I think a great way of getting it back is just not being afraid to talk about what happened. And yeah. so I totally agree with you. So you said that it was in high school that you realized that you had been molested. I think parents. so. I mean, I want to say like middle school, maybe I was sensing something, but, you know, I, I didn't really know. But yeah, high school, I definitely was like, okay. And then it wasn't until like one of the colleges that I went to, I think, I think because I was studying psychology, we were talking about PTSD um, in one section. And I don't know, something just kind of was like, you know, like it stirs things up again, like, you know, anytime. Um, so then I, I don't know, it, it was really weird how the whole thing got started where my parents were like, wait, what? So I was talking with my brother and my dad was like doing laundry or whatever. And I, I don't know how the conversation got brought up, but my brother was like, why do you get so sensitive when there's ever like a rape scene or anything on TV? And I was like, well, let me pull up my popcorn. My favorite scene's coming up. Like, <laughs> yeah. like no one wants to watch that. So I was like, I think it's because of my trauma and being molested that it just brings it up again. And then my dad turns around and he had glasses on and he was like, wait you were molested <laughs> like, oh. I'll never forget that and I was like yeah you didn't know <laughs> like it was really awkward I'm like didn't mom tell you and he's like what no <laughs> and I just kind of was like 
I guess I'll continue doing laundry now. And like, I went upstairs <laughs> and then we had like more of a conversation about it later. But I just thought that was crazy. Like, you know, it was 2016, I think. And, you know, this happened actually when I was around your age, like eight or nine, mm-hmm. um, when the abuse happened and moved in 2002. And it was soon after that when some neighbors um, moved into this house across the street from us. We lived in like a cul-de-sac. <laughs> you got molested like right after you moved in? Um, not right after. I mean, we lived in, you know, a rental house as our new one was finishing up. So, you know, school started. So, I mean, I, I mean, I, I recall the family moving in, in soon because we were, uh, or at least a sister, we were both in the same grade. So it was mm-hmm. soon after that, um, it kind of just started with like, I guess, inappropriate play, like boundaries didn't seem to be on the radar. And I mean, maybe it was kids that's kind of normal, but he would just get really close and like find me in like, you know, situations where if I was by myself or like his sister left and then it, it I don't think it happened right away. I mean, that's kind of the problem. Like I don't have too many, like too many memories of it. I think sure. maybe I blocked some of it out. I just remember that starting and then feelings of being afraid, like, no, don't leave. Oh, sorry. I just said, if you want to just come up with a, a name that you want to call her, we can just, yeah. Hagen yeah. sounds good. I Hagen, was coming okay. up with before. I know it's like, <laughs> Hagen was the yeah. sister. Yeah. I'll call him Brian. Okay, Brian, Brian and, and Hagen. <laughs> and Brian, um, how yeah, much siblings. older was Brian than you than you and Hagen? Well, actually, and this is where like some people are like, "Oh, weird!" Like I was a little bit older than him. I mean, oh, wow. we were in the same grade, but but yeah, I was a little bit older. I'm one of the September babies, so I was kind of always the oldest in my in my grade. Right. But um, when we first moved, there weren't a lot of houses in our cul-de-sac, so there was a lot of forest area, and you know we we would play there. Um, and so like, I just remember a few times, even like being caught in the forest when this was going on, like maybe his dad would call or, um, her dad would call, uh, Hagen home. And I'd be like, no, please don't go. Cause I just kind of had this feeling like, oh, great. And kind of be alone again. And then he's going to molest me. Yeah. <laughs> and it even happened in our house. Like we still have that stupid couch that, where an incident happened on it. And mom's like, oh, I didn't know that's the whole couch. We don't care about it. I'm like, can I burn it, please? (laughs) (laughs) Specific pieces of furniture that that cause flashbacks. I had the same experience. Like, because when I was going to my friend's house, there were like basically two places that I would get molested. The first was in Mm. his room, my friend's room, where I would sleep Mm. next to the bed. And then there was like this upstairs area where for like big Mm. sleepovers, we would all sleep in that bed together, just a bunch of kids. I just remember like the the sheets, like the mm-hmm. certain color scheme on the sheets, like it seems mm-hmm. to be pretty common. And sometimes I'll see that and, and just mm-hmm. think about it. And it's, it is wild what causes these things to pop back into our heads and how <laughs> just as a couch or a bed or a sheet, whatever it is. Right. I wonder if it's because part of it is like trying to block out what happened and just like, let me think about other things that were going on around uh, while that was happening yeah. instead of the actual thing. It could, I mean, who knows, but it, it's pretty fascinating. 
Yeah, it's it's weird how trauma works. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, why do I want to remember this? Like, <laughs> I didn't remember it, and now something happens. Like, summer is just, I, I hate summer so much. The, um, because the that's when the abuse, <laughs> yes, the season. I have seasonal triggers now. I didn't realize mm. this. I think it was, like, end of spring toward, like, summer when it happened, because I remember... Um, and I was talking to a therapist about certain things, like, cause I had noticed a pattern in my journals cause I keep journals very nice. much since I was little. Um, and I noticed a pattern that whenever it was summer, I would just feel, you know, awful. My anxiety levels would, would go up and I didn't know why my mom's like, well, you know, school's coming up again, but I was like, yeah, but I'm not that stressed about school. So it wasn't till like talking to her that I actually discovered that. So now I think the only thing that helps is just being prepared, like just knowing, okay, this is why, but yeah, I just, I'm, I look forward to fall. I'm like, please, please be over. <laughs> Friends come see me or something. And so I can distract myself. Right. Um, it's just crazy. It's like Brian brought another kid into it in our neighborhood, another next door. Um, I'll just call him Rick. And I was just like, what the fuck? Like, I, I don't know. But so I, brought, I don't know why that kid would feel like, oh, yeah, this is fun. Like, he'll join you. So he but, brought, they both, they both molested you? No, he was just kind of there and watched. But, like, I remember wow. the first time I said something to my parents was he showed me his you know, and we were eating yeah. hot dogs of all things. And that made me think, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> so obviously she called his mom and probably yeah. earful. Um, one time, like I kind of like remembered it, but I guess like I kind of like hit him or something like got an altercation. Rick, sorry, Rick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That up. Um, <laughs> and then I was like, well, I don't remember getting in trouble for that. And mom was like, yeah, I got a call. But I was like, well, if she hit him. She had a reason. <laughs> I was like, yep, yeah. that's my mom. <laughs> um, I think he probably punched me in the face back or whatever. Yeah. But it was just weird that I never like kind of defended myself that way to Brian. And maybe that's because he was just there, like just like hanging out. <laughs> But, and that was only a few times, but it's just like, it felt more menacing, you know, more threatening, like, oh, I you bet. know, yeah. At like one point I just got numb to it. I was like, okay, take my clothes off and you know, yeah. that's what's going to happen. And maybe it won't last as long. Um, oh, that's and that like became the, hard yeah. because then I was worried like, okay, is it my fault? Because it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> here <laughs> um, <sorry. laughs> yeah. no i completely understand it's like i feel like a lot of the victim mindset and thought process revolves around blaming yourself and like yeah. every every time that you don't speak up it feels like it just gets harder and harder to speak up because it's like well why didn't i say something before and now it's like i'm basically i didn't say that i didn't like this so i guess they think that i'm cool with it and and it's just a pretty vicious cycle that oftentimes just leads to not never speaking up but yeah. i can also imagine how hard that would have been to have somebody watching almost normalizing it uh, feeling yeah. like that it's like and that's probably why Brian wanted him to be there is because it made it seem less crazy. 
And yeah, that I'm glad that you uh, hit him. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't know when it stopped. Like, I don't know how long it went on for. Like I said, I just have like some memories into it, but, um, or like glimpses, but I do like, I remember when I was talking with the therapist recently, I have forgotten that, like one time I got a knife and I just like threatened both of them basically. Mm -hmm. Um, and she's like, Oh, I love that story. Like, see, you, you know, realize something's wrong and like, you know, you stood up for yourself, but yeah. And then I think I was worried that I would get in trouble. Like they would run off to their families and be like, Hey, she had a knife and I was like, I'll kill you or something. Um, and mom was like, no, I never heard anything about that. And she was like, probably because they knew they were doing something wrong and didn't want to, you know? So I was like, yeah, that makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. There's so many reasons why victims don't speak up. And it's a very common one seems to be self blame and, we, especially when we're reflecting on these things, when we're older, it's like with adult mindsets, we, we think about how stupid we were. How did I not speak up? And it's, it's just unfair to yourself to expect you to have behaved in the way that seems so obvious to behave now. I was scared to like tell people about or like open up because, you know, we were kids mm-hmm. and you so child on child, like, child on child molestation and like a lot of a adults kind of think oh kids are just being kids or whatever like that old yeah whatever ridiculous explanation i know it's like what the fuck (laughs) and i was a little older so i was just like really worried i was like oh they're probably not gonna believe me Mm -hmm. um but yeah so then i don't know like i just have a memory of like in like a few instances instances where it was happening like in the forest on the couch it even happened like at a, their house in the um the driveway but my dad actually came so he kind of like that interrupted whatever was going to happen so i was like oh, thank you mm-hmm. um but it's just surprising that like no one knew anything because i think i told my cousin she was like yeah i knew about this and like some of my friends and i was like how mo- how do my parents not know you told your cousin and she had she already knew what had happened to you oh sorry no like i had told her so she knew about it at that age yeah so maybe she just didn't tell my parents because they're like well maybe they know or maybe it's not my place but i just Mm. thought that like somewhere down the road like especially mentioning things because i swear i've like talked about it before but i don't know i feel like as victims we sort of leave little breadcrumb trails like you sort of subconsciously want people to find out about it even if you don't have the tools to express and and describe yeah. what happened to you like i remember telling uh my friend did you know tom yeah yeah so he was he was uh he's still you know a good friend of mine obviously he had that tragic accident i don't know um, that was really like sad to hear about that yeah Tom was actually one of my first friends ever. And while the molestation was going on, I probably told him when I was about nine, he was the only person that I had told and I made him swear to not tell anybody about it. Um, And he never did, uh, obviously, until we went to trial. But it was interesting, like, while it was going on, I wanted to tell somebody about this, but I didn't want to experience any of the feelings that we were talking about earlier, like that might have, you know, Telling your parents is a totally different experience than telling another kid, some somebody that one of your friends or 
and it's something to keep keep you know take into account when analyzing molestation cases in the future is it's like i feel like kids are oftentimes trying to get the word out and and they don't know how but that often manifests itself in like just telling our friends so you happened to tell your cousin and you said there were other people as well um yeah some well another next door neighbor that's when the the family moved out um and we're still close friends today but i told her what happened she believed me just because everyone else in the cul-de-sac we kind of like we were all i guess like our families kind of became close and you know all of us kids would play together but um yeah, no one really believed me or I just didn't tell them because I just figured they went in. I think I tried to warn one of the kids' younger sister through like chat or something. I told her about what happened to me and I was like, stay away from him because wow. she was four years younger than me. But to this day, I see posts on Facebook saying, you're a great brother. And I was like, what the but I'm like, okay, whatever. Maybe they found out and don't want to believe it, which is like, I was telling my dad about what he said about some parents still sending their kids to their house. And he's like, God, if, if I just, you know, precaution for safety, I wouldn't send them there just in case. Of course. You know, he was just shocked. Like what the heck? It seems um, like such a no brainer to not send yeah. over to somebody's house like that. Or like, you know, yeah. at the very least, you can still hang out with the kid and just have them come yeah. to your house. But there were a number of families that were still, Mm. I mean, people just, people just really don't want to believe that their friend could do something like that. This is from the Mm. parents perspective. They'd never want to believe that somebody that they've been hanging out with and have trusted and a lot of them had already let their kids go over there and they don't Mm. want to think that they have subjected their kids to potential molestation by allowing them to get over there, go over there. It's always like, people will jump through pretty amazing amounts of hoops to not see what is so obviously what's been going on. And um, I think it does come down to a lack of education about how these things happen and how common it is and how it's like in high school, while it was going on, I never heard about any other molestation cases. No doubt that it was going on a lot to a, a lot of people. And I think if people were more aware of how common it is, they'd be much more willing to accept the fact that somebody that they know and care about would be capable of doing something like that. Yeah, it's crazy. I don't I don't know why. I'm like, I don't care if I know them well. They're not perfect people. Anyone can do something dark. So I don't totally. know. It's just crazy. But when you told your parents for the first time, how did that feel? Well, for a, like a while, I was kind of thinking, did I make this up in my head? Just because my memories weren't clear. Like I started telling myself all those things that, you know, people usually, you know, say like, oh, you don't remember every single last detail. So it must have not happened. <laughs> um, or, oh, the, you were a little bit older. It was just a kid. You know, that's just what kids do, you know, that kind of thing. So I just started thinking like, you know, was I molested? And, and my therapist was like, yeah, that's just, you know, something people go through, like, you know, telling themselves, like, maybe trying to figure out, like, why it happened or blaming yourself and, like, it's perfectly normal. But for a while, I was just like, did I make it up? Yeah. <laughs> Which is crazy that trauma can do that to you, too, and make you think, yeah, maybe it didn't happen. Um, 
maybe it's all in your head, but it's like, why would you make something up like that in your head? But yeah. also why would people think you would lie about that? It's like, Oh yeah, that's a wonderful lie. I want to tell people like, Oh, I got, <laughs> you know, yeah. why would anyone make that up? It's just crazy. I totally agree with you. That was what was so fascinating to me about going to trial is like, you know, it was a hung jury. So six people thought, said that he was, he was guilty and six people said that he wasn't. And I, I've always been fascinated, just as you said, like, why would I make that up? Like, what could that guy have done to me to make me make that up other than what he did? There's, he's, he, what, like, if he took away my fucking GameCube, I'm not going to say he touched my <laughs> dick for two years. You know, what I mean? like, it, just, it makes no sense. And, like, also at that age, it's, you know, kids are not capable of these diabolical, malicious lies to ruin their f- best friend's dad, in my ex- experience, their lives. Like, I have no. Mm reason to do this and and yet people will find a way to doubt the victims there will always be people that that do that and it's like this probably happened like 20 30 40 i have no idea how many times but they expect you to recall the details perfectly and adults can't do that let alone children and it's a huge problem with our legal system i think is the way we handle these these cases but um, I was just curious, like when you when you did tell your parents, like what was that initial feeling like? Well, with my mom, and I can't remember exactly, but it sounded like I um, misunderstood what she was saying because I thought she was, you know, saying all these things like, oh, well, you must have like made this up in your head, or mm-hmm. you know, you're a kid, but like she didn't say those things, <laughs> so it was almost <laughs> like just jumping to the conclusion that maybe she wouldn't believe me. So I was just kind of nervous for my parent. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's weird how (laughs) you do the conversation. Um, Cause then she's like, what, why would you think I'd say that you're making me sound like a bad mother? (laughs) And then she got upset. Of course. <laughs> There's a lot of parental regret associated with these things too. Like, cause every parent blames themselves for, and it's, it's so easy once you know that your kid was molested mm-hmm. to reflect on all of these signs that become obvious once you know what was going on. But at the time it's like, you know, spreading awareness about this topic and just allowing parents to be more aware that it, statistically it's like, you know, one in five kids get molested. It's totally possible that it happened to your kid. And like knowing that this is a possibility, it doesn't mean that you can't let them have sleepovers or they can't, you know, trust adults or anything, but it's just like being aware and then not surprised. And then knowing how to respond if you do find out that your kid was molested. And most parents have no idea about this stuff it's just not common knowledge and for the rate at which kids are getting molested it should be it's crazy that it isn't did you want to take any sort of legal action at all or was it just sort of well the problem with that is is you know it happened so long ago Mm -hmm. and you know they did move away eventually so it's like what could happen but the closest thing that maybe I had to getting some sort of justice was in high school, actually, when I met a friend and we 
became pretty close. And then she told me that he was raping her like multiple times. So that brought everything up. I was like, fuck. And, you know, I remember talking to my counselor at the time, just because, you know, he was still on the Island. Like, I don't want to have any classes with him. Like that was my closest thing to a restraining order. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And then one time I was accidentally put in a class with him and I did get transferred out, but that was around like, you know, when she told me what happened, I just, he was probably like, okay, she's giving me the death stare. Cause I just remember like, after she told me that I was just like, forget about whatever my teacher was saying. I was just like, what the fuck? And I just couldn't stand looking at him anymore. So I like tore yeah. out there. I forgot my phone. I didn't care. Um, and I went to the counselor to talk to him about what happened. And maybe she was upset with me at first for going to someone, but I think just because of the trauma that happened with me, like maybe if I could, you know, help her get some justice for me and help me somehow. Yeah. But I don't think anything happened. She said that the cops came and talked to her at the school, which seems a little like maybe a more private setting, but okay. I just can't believe he couldn't get away with it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I just couldn't believe that they didn't have enough evidence or anything to, to get him in trouble. But yeah, so that, kind of sucked and then i don't know just things carried on from there but i remember the closest like the other closest time i had to maybe something happening like people finding out was actually eighth grade when i my mom told me it was a bad idea (laughs) she was like i told you so no um but in hindsight but i just because i was still friends with hagen i was like well she never did anything to me so that was just that was tough the fact that i just had to you know, deal with him. Like, you know, he was still across the street from us and they did move away. And I think I visited Hagen a few times at their new house, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, so they invited me. Yeah. He would be there and nothing happened. Like he, he did stop. I can't remember when in my mind it was when I had the knife and I threatened them. (laughs) And maybe that's a nice way to think of it. Like, and then they stopped, but I don't know. But um, so they invited me on a camping trip. And when I say camping trip, it was a trailer park, but um, not really camping in my mind. But um, anyway, so they invited me and I went. Mom didn't like it, but she was like, okay. Um, And then one night, um, like Hank and I were staying up and I think Ryan was up too. And we're just kind of chatting. And then at one point, uh, Hagen fell asleep and we were like on a pullout bed together. And then I think Brian was sleeping on like the couch, the like table area and the trailer. And then the parents were asleep, you know, in their own room. Mm-hmm. And um, we were kind of chatting and I thought things were okay. But then, and I like how this is how things were brought on. We were talking about transformers for some reason. And then Megan Fox and, you know, she's like, you know, attractive looking woman. So then Mm -hmm. for some reason, I guess that made him horny. I don't know. At one point he was like, what is the size of your bra? (laughs) You know, (laughs) your breast size basically. And I just, a part of me like froze and remembered the trauma that happened Mm -hmm. with him and was like, okay, just answer his questions and maybe it will end. Cause that's kind of like what I did. I just kind of like 
accepted it and was like, okay, maybe he won't hurt me. Um, So then I told him and I was like getting really nervous, you know, and just like kind of like getting scared, but at least she was sleeping next to me. So I was like, okay, maybe things are okay. But then he was basically like, um, I'll touch your breasts if you rub my dick or something. And I was like, okay, that's, that's enough. And I was like, please go to bed. Let's stop talking about this. And then I just, went to sleep and like I think I like cried myself to sleep or something um and then in the morning what was so weird is that the parents were like we heard you like you know up talking late last night and I was like a part of me was thinking what if you heard what he asked me why didn't you do anything yeah um but I wasn't sure and then a part of me wanted to tell Hagen but I was you know kind of scared about like her reaction what would happen but i told her anyway and then of course she spent the whole morning trying to get him to tell her what happened i'm like he's not gonna like probably tell you what happened oh yeah Yeah. um so that was you know getting me nervous because i was like oh great she's probably gonna believe him you know it's her brother so then later when i was hanging out with my other friend because you know this was when they left so the new family was in their house but i told her about it and then i guess she had a sleepover with hagen and she told me that when hagen talked to her mom about it she's like oh she's probably a toxic friend and made it up and you should stay away from her i was like oh great i'm like why would i make that up but i mean i know that wasn't abuse or anything but i was just hoping like something would happen but then because now it's like she didn't believe me like it just became this whole thing and i was like oh great and I think he Brian had emailed me saying like please don't tell my parents or something but I had deleted it and mom's like oh do you still have that email and I was like oh shit I deleted it Mm -hmm. um which is totally reasonable by the way so um I don't know my parents talked to her parents of course and uh, nothing really happened with that but we didn't hang out with them anymore at that point but I remember one time because Hagen was still in the high school. So I had a class with her and I, for some reason was still chatting with her. I mean, we weren't close friends or anything, but, but anyway, we were at the swimming pool one time and uh, she told me that she didn't want proof. So part of me like, like thought that she did believe me. She just wanted to ignore it. And then I remember one time, and I don't know if it's true or not, because, you know, on all over social media, everyone just seems happy. The family, he's married now. He looks like he... Brian is. I don't know, found Zen or something. Yeah, Brian. Um, And I was like, oh, bless her soul. Um, (laughs) But um, yeah, it was just like, how are they one big happy family but whatever yeah well that's what was the, i saying the uh, toxicity of social media in general is right. that, like everybody tries to put on this this front and it just makes everybody else feel bad <laughs> and it's like it doesn't even doesn't even feel real most of the time i get why people don't want to believe that somebody especially like their brother or their dad whatever it is you never want to believe that that person could do mm-hmm. something like this especially to your friend not wanting proof is that's when you really know that the person probably believes you. So it's in a way comforting, (laughs) but it's also so confusing. And just like, you know, the fact that he went on to rape your other friend multiple times, it's like perpetrators can start at any age, just as evidence here. I mean, this dude started when he was what, eight, 
younger. (laughs) And these types of things, if they're not addressed and treated, it just, they're not, they're not going to stop doing it. It's very unfortunate that people tend to be repeat offenders, but it's also so great that you were still able to, when you were talking to your friend about what happened to her, be like, yo, fucking me too. Like you're not alone. It's the, the feeling of not being alone is so invaluable in these situations. And especially when you're going through it, like while it's happening and because of the nature of the topic, how it's so, uh, you know, hush, hush and people, it just makes people feel weird and gross and nobody wants to think about kids getting molested. And I get that, but um, it's because of our, how society handles and reacts to these kinds of conversations and topics. It's part of why it's such a problem. So I think that despite everything that happened, it's really great that you are able to talk about it now. And um, <laughs> yeah, whatever ended up happening with, um, with your friend, the, the um, who got raped. Well, I, I mean, she didn't talk much about like what happened after other than like he didn't get in trouble, but we were still friends I think she's doing all right today. She got married recently. We kind of like lost touch because, you know, going off to college and stuff. But yeah, but yeah, I just remember it being really hard though because it brought things up and, you know, it was just kind of like coming to terms with it. I don't know how I got through high school, to be honest. <laughs> I like, it was just really difficult. I was really thankful for like one of my really close friends for just being there kind of through it all with me. Yeah. But, um, I just pretty much, I didn't want to like do anything public. I didn't want to join any clubs. I just kind of like stayed away, kept my head down. I called myself a floater because I wouldn't hang with one click. I would just like kind of make friends with different people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know if that was just a way of like protecting myself or something, just like not wanting to, I don't know. But <laughs> I think being a floater is definitely not a bad play in that, in that scenario, but you made it out, you know, I always am interested in like the feelings that are associated with, with speaking up. That's why I was asking you about telling your parents and stuff. And, and cause when I spoke up for the first time, it was like a crazy release of after, after my mom asked me about what was happening. And um, it seems to be like, in any form that you are able to talk about it, just getting it off your chest really can (laughs) just, it just feels really good. And a lot of people go their whole lives without ever saying anything. And I think it's just awesome that a year ago you, you said that you wanted to share your story. (laughs) And it's like, here you are, you know? And also like your comment was so encouraging to me because it's like, you know, that's exactly what I, I was hoping this would turn into. It's inspiring for other people to see what you're doing too. I think that the majority of people are in the situation that you were in last year. People want to talk about this stuff. It doesn't have to be this thing that you can't talk about. It's like, not only can you talk about it, but you can really help people. You can save people literally just by sharing your story. And it comes back to the feeling of not being alone. Like, for example, if we had been in high school and you were like, 
if I knew like, you know, eight other kids that had been molested, it would have been like, yo, <laughs> like, little, little club, start dude. a club. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. You, said you weren't joining clubs, but we could have, we could have been in that one. Yeah. That would have been fun. Well, but, uh, I mean, that's a lie. I was in a club, but no one ended up showing up anymore. It was an art club. So it was just a club of one, but <laughs> I don't think that counts. <laughs> yeah. I do remember like at one point, Hagen came up to me and she was like, oh yeah, I have proof that he's been doing this to other girls. And I was like, shit. Um, and then she was trying to tell her parents about it and they basically wouldn't have it. They didn't believe her. And I'm just like, what? No like shit. she's giving you proof. And oh you're like, God. no. <laughs> so I was like, their family screwed up. I mean, she did, the mom like divorced her husband because I remember my parents didn't really like hanging out with them because like, you know, the father would yell aggressively and I think he hit them too. And they didn't agree with that. Mm -hmm. So they were never very close. So I was thinking, I was just trying to come up with reasons like why Brian would behave this way. Like what made him, I don't know, <laughs> be an abuser, but yeah. I don't know. I remember one time it was really weird. Like the cops came to our door and they're like, have you seen Brian? And we're like, no. And I guess he slid his wrist or something. So maybe he was Whoa. going through some stuff. I mean, that doesn't excuse his behavior at all, but yeah. I don't know, just trying to figure things out. But I guess the parents' reaction to that was grounding him. So that goes to show what kind of parents <laughs> they are. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, and so Hagen had evidence of this happening and she tried to tell her parents. I mean, parents. that's what she told me. I don't know if she made right. this up for anything, but right. <laughs> well, but yeah, I just thought that was crazy to me. <laughs> that is crazy. And I mean, how much more proof could you get to be like, hello, <laughs> wake up. <laughs> and this is like, this is the expression that we used was sticking your head in the sand, like an ostrich and just like yeah. blatantly ignoring what is so obvious. And, you know, especially coming from your kid, your kid yeah. is telling you that your other kid is raping girls. Like your inability to acknowledge this stuff is, is endangering other people's children and your own yeah. children. Like who's to say yeah. this wasn't happening to Hagen? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's very possible. Oh, it's and, true. I never thought of that. Yeah. And of course it's a very extremely difficult position to be in as a parent, but it's like, I, I like to think that the people that are committing these crimes have the ability to fix themselves, not necessarily on their own. But I like to think that, for example, maybe if Brian had been, if his parents had taken action and done something at any of these opportunities, it seems like they had a lot to fucking <laughs> intervene. But especially with younger kids, you know, it's like you're not fully developed yet. And, there has to be a way to treat these people and the war, the absolute worst thing to do is to not acknowledge the problem. And yet that is the basic reaction that so many people have when they're someone in their family or whoever that they care about is accused of something like this. I would say it's extremely likely that Brian continues to molest kids. And if not, you know, abusing his wife, you know, there's all things that he, all sorts of things that he could be doing because he was never told, even if maybe he knew that it was wrong, he was never told other than, you know, you threatening to stab him with a knife. That probably, <laughs> that definitely helped, helped somewhat, but 
I think his parents intervening could have really done a lot. And it's very unfortunate that they didn't do anything. It's, it's easy to just, be, you know, go around blaming, ah, this person should have done this, yada, yada, yada. But like, you know, at the end of the day, you can really only take responsibility for yourself. And sure. you spoke <laughs> up and that's like, you know, the best thing that you can do. And, you know, you can't be responsible for how other people react to these things. You can't blame yourself for how your pa- how parents react, how your friends react, anything. All you can do is, is really say what happened to you and hope that people resonate with it. And I, you know, I've <laughs> resonated with your story a lot. And obviously we grew up in the same place, so it has that added bit of weight to it. But, um, yeah, I'm just uh, I'm proud of you, and, oh, and I re- I really think that it's awesome that you that you felt like you could talk about this publicly, and um, I have no doubt that it'll help a lot of people. Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, you know, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if this sounds weird or anything, but it's just like sh- shocking to me at first when it's like, oh, a guy wants to talk about this stuff because usually it's women that lead these kinds of things, you know, like you know, molestation workshops or you know, sexual abuse and all that. Yeah. So I just thought it was really cool. Like I didn't think I would ever talk to a man about, Oh, let me <laughs> share my story. So, yeah. yeah, for sure. I just thought that was cool. Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, I was also sorry to hear that happened to you. Cause I just like, didn't expect that. Yeah. And I thought I was alone in it. So until my friend told me about Brian raping her. So yeah, you know, it's just crazy. How many people have like come forward that like didn't even, yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it. <laughs> and how many people have yet to come forward? The numbers are absolutely <laughs> insane. But I, I agree with you. There's definitely, I mean, there's a stigma associated with all victims talking about this kind of stuff. It's just the topic itself. But definitely with guys, there seems to be an additional sort of fear for all sorts of reasons. I mean, people just don't really expect it. Yeah, no, yeah, a lot of male abuse happens, especially in the military. Like, I remember learning a lot about this in psychology. And usually the reason why men don't want to come forward about the abuse is because of, you know, this toxic notion of what a man is, like masculinity in right. our society. And so they fear that if they come forward, they're not a man or they're weak or something. Right. Like, you know, some people are like, oh, why would you? let this happens like uh excuse me (laughs) (laughs) being raped in the ass i can't do anything (laughs) about it (laughs) yeah i agree a lot of there have been a lot of comments like from people that are you know presumably one in five people seeing this were also around somebody who they cared about who was accused of this and probably didn't want to believe it people that are not necessarily educated on the topic that are commenting being like, why would you keep going over there for two years? Which is a totally fair (laughs) question if you don't understand what's happening. And like, I I think it's important to give people the benefit of the doubt with these types of things, because, you know, a lot of people have had no exposure to it. And I have no, I, I would have no idea why a kid would keep subjecting themselves to that kind of a thing without understanding the dynamics of molestation. So it's actually very interesting to see how people process it. And like, that was one of the, one of the questions was like, just why did you let it go on for so long? And, and also, like, <laughs> yeah, it's just a crazy question. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, so sign many. me up for another. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, I mean, there's so many reasons. Like, obviously I didn't want to lose my friend. I thought the people would think that I was gay. You know, you mm-hmm. talk about, 
why <laughs> why dudes don't say things and and the sort yeah, of yeah that's crazy that's like you're like, gay because of that. <laughs> yeah well it's like you know you just don't you're not thinking straight and the way kids brains value things is just totally warped you know it's it's everywhere and we can really make an impact on preventing this from happening in the future and I think it just starts with people being honest and willing to talk about what happened to them, regardless of what it is. And just knowing that like, there are thousands of people that have been through the exact same thing that you've been through, even though it seems like so unfathomable, it's like, it really is that crazy of numbers. So we're not alone. If you could give advice to people that have been through something similar, what would you say? I would say, try to hang in there and, Therapy is really healing. I know not everyone likes going to therapy, for, but for me, that really helped. And also just having like a close knit of friends and family that are really, they're really close to, and that can be really helpful. <laughs> Definitely. This has really, really been great. Thank you for, for being a part of this. And uh, it's, oh, I'm so glad that you commented on the video a year ago. <laughs> and now we're uh, able to do an episode together. It's really yeah. dope. So yeah, it's cool. Being a part of this. Yeah, thank you for having me on. Definitely very therapeutic. <laughs> <laughs> Glad to hear it. That's part of the goal. So that's that's really great to hear. All the best with everything. Me too. <laughs> Sounds All right. Good. Peace out. See you later. Peace. <laughs>